What is going on, folks? Back at it again with a 20th and Blake podcast, part of MileHighSports.com. I'm your host, Luke Zalman. Um, be sure to go on to MileHighSports.com, check out our newest articles. Um, Anilo just wrote a piece on Charlie Blackman. I will have a piece going up tomorrow if you're listening to this on Thursday today on um, who should start in center field from here on out. Should it be Ryan Maltapia? Should it be Ian Desmond? Obviously, Desmond's on that you know, extreme hot streak right now. Rymel's kind of gotten forgotten about a little bit. Um, so I'm going to kind of look into the numbers and see maybe who should get the bulk of the work. It looks like right now Desmond is getting it, but Tapia was getting it when he was hot. So maybe they'll just go with a hot hand approach. I'm going to dive into the numbers, kind of make my case for who I think should start. Um, so be sure to check that out as well. We have recaps after every game. Um, we will have a round table coming up here in about a week, I believe. Um, so be sure to stay tuned for that as well. Um, just a ton of content coming out. I will be heading to California tomorrow morning um, to cover both the Dodgers and Giants series. Um, so we'll have some more, you know, um, kind of inside the clubhouse type content during that road trip as well. So be sure to keep checking that out. Be sure to keep looking on milehighsports.com. Ton of good stuff on there. Um, follow them on Twitter at milehighsports. Um, Instagram at Mile High Sports. Just go ahead and follow all of them. You'll get all the updated articles, everything that you may need. Um, so be sure to keep following along with those. Um, and today's episode, we are talking about prospects. I started to look into how Brendan Rodgers did in his limited stint with the club when he came up and started to think, okay, so who is the next minor league star hitter? that the Rockies are going to have. Is it going to be Brandon Rogers or is it going to be someone else? Um, I kind of, you know, did a little research on the seasons that the top prospects in the organization, at least at the AAA level are having this year. The, you know, obviously AAA closest to the MLB. I will ignore, um, the Colton Welkers of the world. Um, probably going to be a, a very good major league player. Um, but for our purposes, we're just going to go AAA right now. Um, Colton Welker may get traded this year. Who knows? He seems like one of their more attractive trade pieces. Um, So who knows if he'll be with the club long term. Plays third base. Obviously jammed um, there with McMahon and Nolan ahead of him. But I just wanted to look at, you know, where where the big hitters are coming from, who may make an impact this year, who might make an impact down the road, and a little bit of an update on Ryan Rollison in high A. Um, he had a very rough start his last time out. So we'll talk about that at, at the very tail end of the episode, but I wanted to start with Brendan Rogers from what I saw sitting in the press box, you know, looking at the stats, I don't see anything really out of the ordinary from the way he started. I know overall people would have liked him to, you know, probably perform better straight out of, you know, triple a, um, better than 16 hits in 65 at bats. Um, a 2.46 average isn't terrible for a minor league that's just come up. I mean, Vlad Guerrero Jr., I know they're two different levels, but he's hovered around there as well. Even the most hyped, the most glorified prospects are still going to have struggles at the beginning. It's just the nature of baseball. I looked into kind of his stats And it seemed like his biggest problem once he got to the major league level was he was pressing. I noticed constantly that he was jumping early in the counts to try to get a ball on, you know, in play. 
um, jumping late in counts at balls that really weren't hittable, really weren't even competitive pitches. And his K percentage soared to 31.4%. I know it's a limited sample size, um, so it can be taken with a grain of salt, but he really struggled with strikeouts, and that's not a thing that he's had a problem with in the minors. I believe before his major league stint, 22% around there was his highest Um, And that's a very manageable strikeout percentage. Um, So it just went very, you know, it skyrocketed when he got to the Rockies. And I think that's to be expected with a guy as inexperienced as Rodgers. People wanted to bring him up. Totally understand it. I was a little against it personally. That's not hindsight. Um, Looking back on, you know, articles, podcasts that we've done, I've always kind of been in the in the camp of he should probably get a little more time to marinate um had he is just over 200 at bats as of right now in triple a in his entire career that's about a third of a major league season um a little less than a third so i think that the time he spent at triple a i mean people like to look at dansby swanson and alex bregman and it it totally makes sense. The three were top three picks, all shortstops. But what I think gets ignored sometimes is Brendan Rodgers was taken out of high school. Alex Bregman was taken out of LSU, and Dansby was taken out of Vanderbilt. So you have two college kids that have played at premier college programs, and then a guy coming out of high school. So I think that their timelines, you can't really predict Rodgers based anything off of Bregman and Dansby because they just started at two or three very different points. But he clearly has taken a hold of the second base position since he has been moved over there. Started as a shortstop when he was drafted. He's been moved to second. He's been, I believe he has some appearances at third in the minors as well. Um, He seems to really have taken a hold of that second base spot, at least defensively. I mean, he looked good, um, had quite a bit of range. He's a pretty speedy guy. Um, So that wasn't anything, you know, crazy. I think that an infield of Nolan at third, Story at short, Rogers second, McMahon first is going to be very, very good in the future. Um, Once Daniel Murphy moves on, once they're able to clear the decks a little bit and go with their homegrown guys, I think that that infield could really succeed at a very high level. And that's defensively. Fangraphs currently has him projected at about 20 home runs a year, um, which is totally reasonable. I totally understand why that's his projection. I think the power is definitely there. He clearly wasn't able to get it going with the Rockies, didn't hit a home run in his entire stint after really crushing the ball with the isotopes. Um, wasn't able to barrel the ball up much. I mean, only two barreled balls on 43 batted balls. Um, He was just clearly pressing, whether he was out in front, whether he was late. um, He was clearly trying to trying to do more than probably he should have been at the plate. Um, He wasn't pulling the ball um, and he wasn't putting the ball in the air, which are two obviously huge things in the power department. That's a huge reason why he wasn't able to hit home runs. Um, I think that overall he should be just fine. I mean, he struggled against off speed, struggled against breaking balls. Um, the batting averages for both of them, uh, pretty low. Um, it's just, it's an adjustment. It's an adjustment period, especially when you go from Albuquerque and then he starts on the road. I mean, Rockies, Rockies players struggle enough with that switch, um, much less a minor league player. Um, so I think he'll be just fine. His, you know, his batted ball profile is going to go way up as he gets more used to the majors. And there were games where he looked really good. He looked like he belonged. And then others, when that rotation really started to take hold, 
between him and Ryan McMahon that he really just looked like he was pressing and he wasn't comfortable. Um, so I think Brendan Rodgers will be just fine. I think he looked about how you would expect. And I think the Rockies still have a very top prospect on their hands. And that brings me to Sam Hilliard. Huge name right now going through the minor league um, scope of things. Not a huge average guy, but the power is legit. He's hitting from the left side of the plate. Um, big power. He's an outfielder in the Rockies organization. Um, he's fourth in the Pacific Coast League in home runs, which is a notoriously hitter-friendly um, league. Third in RBIs. And on top of that, he has 14 stolen bases. So the ability to go 20-20 as a major leaguer is very much there. Even a 30-30 could be there at some point in the future. And that would be huge alongside a guy like Trevor Story in the future to have an outfielder like Hilliard who has a ton of pop. Um, could even be a huge replacement for Blackman once Blackman moves on. Obviously quite a few years for Blackman's contract yet. But I think that he could be, you know, he could be a generational type player for them. He's proven to be a very good hitter in the minors, still striking out at about a 30% clip. Um, so, I mean, the plate discipline isn't 100% there, but the power is. I mean, a 306 isolated power, um, that's crazy. That's, you know, among, among the top of the minor leagues. Um, and the great thing about him is he doesn't exclusively rely on pole side hitting. He also goes up the middle very well and he, he just needs to hone in his overall hitting profile. He needs to be able to lay off, you know, some of the bad pitches. Um, his home run to fly ball percentage is 25.6, which tells me that his home runs are likely going to slow a little bit. Um, so he's going to have to better himself as a hitter once that power starts to, you know, deplete a little bit in the majors because you're never going to have the same power you had in the minors, especially in the Pacific Coast League in the majors, especially early. Eventually in your career, you may get there, but early in the career, you're not going to have that same power. Um, so he's going to need to completely refine his batting eye. You can be a high strikeout guy. I mean, there's plenty of people that have shown it. Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, Trevor Story even, uh, Chris Davis. There's Crush Davis, by the way, not Orioles overpaid Chris Davis. Um, they've all shown the ability to put the ball in play at a pretty average rate, but still produce huge for their team. And I think that's what he could be going forward. Um, I think for my money, I think he could be called up probably the soonest um, of these guys, except for Jonathan Daza. That's kind of the next guy I was looking at. Um, leads the Pacific Coast League in average at 377. Um, just amazing. I mean, his on-base percentage is only 418, so he's not much of a walker, but he's just an amazing hitter. He's amazing at putting the ball in play. Um, and he's, I mean, it's his weighted runs created plus is amazing, which is basically just crafting an entire stat around an, a, a player's ability to support his team with runs and that plush just means it's park adjusted so playing in the ballpark that they do in albuquerque ton of runs are scored there i mean it's a hitter's haven much like Coors field um and even his adjusted numbers for the park are amazing so that tells me that he is a pure hitter um, has had a couple stints with the Rockies this year, but he's only one for 18 in those stints. One walk, five Ks. Um, and I think that's really, if if you talk to Bud Black and if you talk to Jonathan, 
he's very self-aware and he's realized that the game is going very quickly for him. Overall, he just needs to slow the game down a little bit. He's going very fast and he, just like Rodgers, is pressing a lot. So I think more, I mean, that's just a product of the way baseball is set up. You are called up and sent down so often and such you have such a short leash normally that you just have to press a little bit and sometimes it'll turn out great and sometimes it will completely degrade all of your numbers and make you look like a worse player than you are. I think Jonathan Daza is an absolutely amazing prospect in their organization. I think that obviously Pat Vileka recently got the call up. Um, Noel Cuevas has gotten a call up this year, but I think Jonathan Daza is probably going to make the biggest impact the rest of the year, even over Brendan Rodgers. I think if there's any injury in the Rockies outfield, which, you know, David Dahl has struggled with the injuries. Charlie's an older guy. Um, Ian Desmond is getting a little older still, you know, he's still a, a heck of an athlete. So it's not like he's injury prone by any means. But the possibility is there. So Daza could really step up for them, especially when they need extra hitters, you know, down the stretch. I think that Jonathan Daza has also showed that he is a good outfielder. He had a couple blunders in his stints with the Rockies. But overall, I mean, I can't see him being much. He'll be about the Rymel Tapia level of fielder. All he has to do is not make the same mistakes that Rymel Tapia makes as far as the throws, um, far you know, trying to gun out runners that really have no possibility, allowing those extra bases. Um, if he can cut down on stuff like that, you know, the stuff that Rymel Tapia has struggled with, I think he'll be just fine. The next two that I have, and this kind of wraps up, you know, our hitter section of, you know, this conversation a little bit. The next one I have is Brian Mundell and Roberto Ramos, both first basemen playing for the isotopes. One's a righty Mundell and one's a lefty in Ramos. And they're two very different hitters. Brian Mundell is a huge average and on-base guy. He's fifth in the PCL and on-base percentage at 429. Um, Third in average, um, just, you know, two spots behind Daza at 361. And he has a very good batting eye, 10.7 walk percentage, 19% K percentage. When you park adjust his numbers, still great. He's just an all around good hitter. He's got the eye. He's got the patience. Um, all he needs to do is probably build on some, build on some power. I think that odds are he's not for my money. I don't see Brian Mundell making a debut with the Rockies anytime soon. He has a 6-3 frame. You know, he could really start to drive the ball, but he's already 25 years old and the power still isn't there. The guy he reminds me of overall is like a Carlos Santana. Obviously, Santana is a switch guy, um, so a little more useful than just a straight righty. But Santana, until recently, when he started to change along with baseball, really didn't have the power. I mean, he was a decent power guy, and I think Mundell could be that same type of power guy, but just a very solid hitter, a very mature hitter. That's what I see in Brian Mundell. I don't see him being the impact guy. I honestly think Daza, of all of these, is going to be the best, but I think Mundell is he's going he's going to be someone that people would adore with the on base percentage you know f- phenomena going on right now in baseball i think he could be a very valuable trade piece for them in the future um i don't see him making a huge impact on the rockies actual roster 
Um, because in two years when you have Murphy gone, um, you're and Desmond's gone as well in a couple years, you're just not gonna you're not gonna want to bring up a 27, 28 year old minor leaguer um unless he just starts to explode, which is totally possible. I'm not that's not to say that he could never be a major league hitter, but I think Ramos carries more upside. Overall, struggles with K's a little bit, but he has amazing power. 16 home runs already this year, 13 doubles. Um, he's more of the prototypical slugger that you're going to see. I mean, Mundell only has six home runs this year, doesn't quite have the power that you would expect from a first baseman. Ramos fits that description a lot more, and I think that's what helps his upside overall. As a hitter, he's really been able to put everything together. He's hit to all fields. He's hitting over 30% of his balls to each field, center, left, right, to all of them. And I think that's a great sign for his hitting future. He's not relying too much on the pull. He's not going so much push that once he starts to get higher velocity at major leagues, he's not going to be able to you know, maintain his hitting profile. He's just a solid hitter. And he's a huge dude. I mean, six foot five, he could garner even more power. I mean, it, when he was at the College of the Canyons, he was not a huge, huge power guy either. But it's starting to go up as he's gone up through the system. And that tells me that he's starting to build even more on that frame. And I think he could be a huge impact guy for them. I believe there was a game earlier this year where he hit three home runs in one of their blowouts. I may be wrong on that, but I believe it was Roberto Ramos. And he just has a huge power profile. And I think that plays more as a first baseman at course Field than, say, the high average. Todd Helton was never the, you know, 50 home run a year guy. I mean, not many are, but he was never that type of ceiling. He was always a good average guy, but he always had the double power. Um, Brian Mundell, for my money, doesn't have quite the power of a Todd Helton. And I think Ramos has far more power than a Todd Helton from that left side of the plate. So he could be a very good first baseman for them in the future. I think that of... If I was to power rank all of their prospects for impact the soonest, I would put dot and it's, it's tricky because Rogers was called up. He'll probably be called up again. They wanted to get an extra arm in Tinoco in that bullpen, but he didn't succeed much. And I think they may want to get him more seasoning for my money. I would say that Daza makes the biggest impact the rest of the year, followed by Rogers, followed by Hilliard, and then I would go Ramos, then Mundell. I would put Mundell at the bottom of that list as far as you know overall impact that they're going to make in the coming, you know, in the near future. Um, I don't think Ramos gets called up this year. Mundell doesn't get called up this year. I don't really think Hilliard gets called up this year either because he's striking out so much still. Um, I think that Rogers and Daza will both get more opportunities the rest of the year, but that's kind of the landscape of their top hitters so far in AAA. And that's not to say those are their top prospects by any means. That is just to say, those are the guys that have had the most success at AAA this year. Um, Pat Vileka was tearing it up too. He's back up with the big league club, um, for now. We'll have to see how that works out, but I think that of those, the Rockies do have a very solid foundation of hitters, and I also think they have a very solid foundation of trading blocks. I don't know if they're going to pull the trigger on anything, but overall, I think to be true contenders this year, they're going to need to, and at some point, I would think Jeff Breidich will realize that. 
My last section is an update on Ryan Rollison. Like I said, struggled a ton his last start. Allowed nine earned runs um, in three and two-thirds against the Angels' high A affiliate. Uh, Rollison is up to high A um, after being drafted, um, not this most recent one, but the year after. Um, and he has a 4-2-3 ERA. He started 10 games, and he's got 61 Ks and 55 and a third. He's been very good, though, at high A. He's gone six innings in six of his 10 starts. Um, and that fastball and curveball are looking like a really mighty combo. Um, I think for him to truly develop into a big league guy, the changeup is going to have to meet the same plane as his curveball. As far as success rate, um, he's going to rely on the fastball a lot, but I think relying on a breaking ball and an off-speed pitch um, will be huge for his profile. I don't see him debuting until around 2021, um, if I had to guess, at the current rate that he's progressing. Um, and at that point, Bettis would be a free agent, but Hoffman, Freeland, Senzatella, and Gray would all be in their arbitration years, and Marquez obviously was signed to that extension, so he will still be around. Um, it may be hard for Rollison to break the rotation, um, even as soon as that year, but with the way, um, with the way that Hoffman has struggled in his time with the way Freeland is currently struggling, um, he could make a real impact, um, starting in that 2021 season. Um, as of right now though, looks really good. He's right along Peter. He's right alongside Peter Lambert as far as MLB.com's prospect rankings. Um, and he, he's looked really good. I think that overall he just needs more seasoning. I mean, he's still a little raw, um, was taken out of college though, which is very helpful for his trajectory and the speed of which he will climb through the system. Um, but that last start was a very rough one. So I figured I'd update that just because doing more of a minor league episode, but thanks for tuning in guys. Be sure to check mahisports.com. Be sure to check your whatever you use to listen to podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, whatever whatever you're using to listen to podcasts. Be sure to keep checking. We'll have an episode up every two days. Um, and we're trying to, you know, obviously want to switch up the topics. And I was glad that I was able to get to the prospects today. Um, I think that people are always interested because it's hard to pay attention to both the big league club and the triple A club. Um, so hopefully this was pretty informational. Um, be sure to, you know, rate, subscribe, comment, do whatever you need to do to tell us how we're doing and be sure to listen in next time, folks. I'm Luke Zalman checking off.